Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of the message is Gifts, Grace, and Rest. If you're a linear thinker and you want to know, hey, where's this sermon going? Those are my three main points. Gifts, grace, and rest. Um, we're going to talk today specifically on the topic of those of us who have walked through seasons where we feel as though we have drifted from the Lord. We used to feel much more intimate, closer to him than we do right now. Or maybe it's something has happened. There has been a tragedy. There has been a collision of your faith because what you were believing God for did not happen. And so you feel a distance from him. Maybe you're in this room and you've never had a relationship with him. And so therefore he feels like a million miles away because you're not even sure if you believe in him. This message is for you. I want to springboard into the message by referring to a story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 15. And I'm going to begin in verse 11. This is what it reads. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them a story. There was a man with two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of the inheritance before you die. The father agreed to divide his wealth between his two sons. The younger son, just a few days later, packed up all of his belongings and moved to a distant land where he wasted all of his wealth on wild living. I will go back to my father and say, Father, I do not deserve any longer to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. The father said, quickly, bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on him and put a ring on his finger and put sandals on his feet. And then kill the calf that we have been fattening because we must celebrate with a feast. The reason why Jesus told this story is because he wanted you and I to know how he responds to a person who is returning to the Lord. How does he respond to a person who's been away from God, maybe even their entire life, and is walking towards him? How does he respond? He makes it abundantly clear that there is not a punishment involved. There is not a moment where he looks at you and says, what were you thinking? Have you lost your mind? I've been good to you, and now you have been ignored. There's none of that. Probably my favorite word in the passage that we just went over is the word quickly. 
when the son said, please take me on as your hired servant, the next words were, quickly bring out the finest robe. In other words, as the son came to the father with a broken heart, he, the Lord responded quickly. There was no hesitation there. He's not looking at you, looking at me and saying, I'll forgive everybody, but what you did, no. No, it's quickly. On the count of three, everybody say it out loud. Just encourage me. One, two, three, quickly. One, two, three. There you go. I, I, I know it's not the cool thing to do, but you really encourage me. One, two, three. Quickly. If you talk back to me, I'll preach short. If you go sleepy on me, then I'll feel like I got to say everything 14 times over again. So just say something, even if you say, this is for him. Anyway, in Psalms chapter 51, verse 17, it says this, that the sacrifice the Lord desires. Now, keep in mind that this chapter, Psalms 51 was the chapter that David wrote after he committed adultery, got that woman pregnant, and then killed her husband. The Bible says that the sacrifice that the Lord desires, here comes David before the Lord, just like the prodigal son coming before his father. He's coming before God. I don't know what you've done in your life, it's not likely that you have committed adultery, got a person pregnant, and killed the husband. It's just not likely. But if it did happen, then this story's really for you. In Psalms 51, 17, David writes, he has this revelation from God after all the things that he's done. He says, the sacrifice that the Lord desires is a broken spirit. He will not reject a broken and a repentant heart. There's no one here that has ever done anything at all that the Lord looks at you and says, no. He sees a broken heart and he cannot reject it. So let me go over the three things that happen, the three gifts that the Lord gives you and gives me every single time we step towards him with a broken spirit saying, Lord, I have drifted from you. Every single time you receive these same gifts that the father gave the son in Luke chapter 15. The first gift that he gave him is he says this, go to the house and bring the finest robe and put it on him. Now, when he came back to the father, he had just spent days, weeks, months, I don't know how long he was gone, years. He had spent that much time living wildly. The father wasn't on his mind. He just wanted to jump as deep as he could into a pool of sin and stay there. He lost all of his money. And a part of the story says that he was so hungry 
that he jumped into a pigsty and ate their food. So when the sun came back, he was filthy. He stunk. And the Lord looks back because the father represents Jesus. He says this, quickly, go get a robe of righteousness and put it on this young man. This is my son and make it happen right now. Now, now let me illustrate this point. If you're a, a parent in this room, just wave at me if you're a parent in this room. Let me see if I can illustrate this point. My daughter is 18 years old. She's sitting on the front row. My son's 15 years old, sitting on the front row. And they're each on each side of my gorgeous wife. And I love you so much. My eight-year-old is in the children's ministry somewhere causing havoc, just like preacher's kids do. Anyway, when my 17-going-on-18-year-old daughter and my 15-year-old son between the ages of being born and 10, as you parents know, that is the most critical time to teach your kids the difference between right and wrong. And so when they do something right, it's like, yeah. When they do something wrong, it's no, 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 no. How many of you have parents that they can say no without saying no? They just raise an eyebrow and, and they know that the answer is no. Don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that again. Do you know how many times we have said no, 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 stop, don't, between the ages of zero and ten? Countless times. No offense to Presley and Luke. You guys kept us really busy. But you know what's so fascinating? For the life of me, I can't remember those moments of them getting in trouble between the ages of one and 10. I cannot remember it. I know they got in trouble because they're well behaved, so. <laughs> but I can't remember. Ages one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I can't remember. I'll tell you what I can remember is I have millions of photos of them walking around with their nook in their mouth, playing, walking around with diapers that were hanging between their knees. I got pictures of their play. All I can remember is all the wonderful things of them sitting on my shoulder, drooling on my bald head. That's all I can remember. Parents, if you agree, put your hands together. You can't remember. It's, it's, it's out of my remembrance. It's out of my remembrance. The only thing I can remember is all the pleasant times. And I need you to know this. Regardless of the lies the enemy speaks to you to pull your emotions and mindset and, and spirit down, regardless of it all. And you know it's the devil when you feel down and bad. That's how you know it's the devil. That's not God talking to you. He's not like that. 
But God does not remember those moments. He, you might be remember them. They, the Satan will never forget them. But God, it's out of his remembrance because there is a robe of righteousness on you. And he's too busy celebrating today. Therefore, he's forgotten tomorrow. And he's thinking about the future. Isn't God good? Come on. He's good. That's the robe of righteousness. And then he gives a ring. It's a signet ring saying, what you establish here on earth, I will have your back in heaven. When you walk into your house and say, every demon get out the window, you weren't invited, leave. God says, that's my son, that's my daughter, they have a ring. You heard what he said, Satan, get to stepping. And then the shoes that go on the feet, this is saying, this is my daughter. This is, this is not a hireling. They are not like family. This is my daughter. This is my son. Uh, I, I was driving down the road the other day, and, and there was a car or a van. I can't remember what, what the vehicle was, but I remember the advertisement. And it said this. It said, home cleaning services. And these ladies come to a house and they clean the house. Now, uh, these ladies oftentimes become like family to the people who live in the home. They become like family. And especially if, if they've been uh, with each other for a long time, they're, they're like family. They talk to each other like family. And oftentimes they give uh, these ladies a key. So they say, hey, look, even if we're not home, you're like family, come on in and take care of the place and just lock the door behind you. But they're not family, they're like family. If the ladies that are cleaning had cleaned four houses that day, and at the end of the day, around 7, 30, 8 o'clock, they're tired, they're exhausted, they're hungry. If all of a sudden they take the key and come to a random person's house that they normally clean, open up the door, walk in around 8 o'clock, kick their shoes off, fall on the couch and go, today was a long day. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did, did I forget something? Oh, it's been a long day. They go to the kitchen and open it up and just start baking and cooking and go, oh, let me tell you about my day. They're like family. The, the friendship is, it's graduated. It feels like, but they're not family. They're like family. They're not family. Now, a son, a daughter, now they can come in at midnight, two in the morning. Not you guys, but <laughs> midnight, two in the morning. Oh, today. Do you see the contrast? The sandals on the feet were, you are my son. You are not a hireling. You're not like family. You are family. Number two, that was the gifts you receive. Number two is the grace. The grace we receive when we come before the Lord. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 20, it says this. As the people sinned more and more, the grace of God became more abundant. As they sinned, 
grace was still higher than their sin. When we come before God, we're not looking at him saying, I know I'm spit. No, 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 no. There's this constant flow of grace and mercy. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says this. Come boldly, this is to you, all of you. Poke yourself in the chest. I know it feels silly, but just do it anyway. All of you, when you pray, come boldly before the grace of God, boldly before the grace, the throne of grace, and receive mercy and grace every single time you close your eyes and visualize his face the best you can. You put your heart's affection towards him the best you can. You receive two things every time. You receive mercy for all the things that you've done up until that moment in your life. They're forgiven. They're gone. And then he gives you grace. And what's grace? It's strength in all the areas that you and I are weak in. Every single time you receive mercy, you receive grace. This is what he does. And when you do something that you regret, you say something you regret, you just tell him, I need your grace right now. I'll give you an illustration. When uh, our church started like 17 years ago, we, we started off in a community center. Then we went to an elementary school and then we went to a high school and then this facility became available. So our business team and the owners of the building and our respective real estate agents were negotiating back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The business team was doing all the representation, mainly because they're smarter than I am, but they would BCC me to keep me in the loop. And so I'm watching the exchange back and forth. There was a critical email where our business team sent to them, we don't like your price, we're not going to take it. I replied all. It said, no, I think we should take it. I clicked it. Went about my day. I'm driving down the road. I'm coming to church. Happy as a clam. I get a call from someone on the business team. He says, Pastor Frankie, did you mean to click reply all? I didn't say a word. Almost two minutes went by because the business team, they have a vertebrae made of steel. So he stays quiet. He's not going to be the first one to talk. So I'm not going to talk either because I'm looking for a knife. <laughs> Sweat is running down this bald head so fast. Have you ever had a circle of sweat just make on the back? <laughs> Right on your shirt. And I said, no, I did not mean to do that. And I'm very sorry to you and our church family that I have blown this deal up. I hung up the phone so the Lord is my witness. I go home. I put on some shorts and some tennis shoes. 
and I start sprinting around my block as fast as I could. And just before I threw up, I put my hands on my knee. And Joe, you know what I'm talking about. Sprinting, sprinting, screaming, sprinting, sprinting, sprinting. Just like, oh, my goodness. And then finally, after, look, I'm sweating now. Jesus, help me. (laughs) I said, Jesus, you saw what I just did. I need your grace. And wouldn't you know that that email was the best email that could have went out and the deal was very favorable for us. This is what happens when you say, God, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I need your grace. Isn't God good? Come on. That's the grace of God. So when a person comes before the Lord and they say, Lord, I don't like the distance. Sometimes there's repentance involved. Sometimes it's just life got in the way. He gives you gifts. He gives you grace. And then the third one is rest. I I love to imagine what the son did next. He has a robe. He has a ring. He has shoes. He's allowed sandals, rather. He's allowed to go in the house and do whatever he wants. What do you think he did after that long travel? They don't have cars back then. What do you think he did after that long travel? The only thing they did in those biblical days was either walk or worse, ride a camel. He gets all over there. You know he's exhausted. You know he's tired. He walks into the house. He falls on the bed and he begins to rest. The scripture that comes to mind is Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He says this, All of you who are heavy burdened, all of you that are carrying weight and worries, all of you, come to me. Come to me. Don't hit the bottle. Don't eat every single gallon of ice cream you can find. Don't sink into a pit of despair. Just come to me. And in a very practical way, what come to me means is to close your eyes and try to visualize them the best that you can. Because the Bible says that if we seek his face to the best you can, you put your mind's attention, your heart's affection, you just say, Jesus, I need your mercy and I need your grace. And after you say that, if you don't know what else to say, you can say, I love you, I love you, 719 times. And if that's all you say, it's the best prayer to say. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And grace and peace, and most importantly, during certain seasons, rest. I want to be transparent with you uh, about three weeks ago, maybe it was four weeks ago, I, I don't know. I... I made the mistake of overworking. I was coming in early, staying in late, working on days that were supposed to be my days off. And the candle was burning on both ends. I had put too much on my plate. I was putting things on my plate that shouldn't have been on my plate. Have you ever been there? I'm putting too much. Putting too much on my plate. And um, I hit a point where it was a breaking point. 
where uh, I just sat down. I was broken. And I said, I, I need to find something else to do. Like, I can't do this anymore. I need to find something else to do. I told my wife, I said, I need to find something else. I can't do this anymore. We went on a short vacation. I was with the family, and I'm laying down in bed. A lot of times people tell testimonies where God came through with them, and it was like 20 years ago, but they never say anything that happened within the last week or two. Have you ever noticed that? It's like, I'm a victory person. It's like, okay, this one happened within the last couple weeks. We go on this trip. Everybody's in bed. Everybody's sleeping. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm staring at the ceiling fan. I can't sleep. I walk outside onto the patio, and there's like a lawn chair there, and I'm laying down, and I'm looking at all the stars. And I'll never forget for the rest of my life saying these words, Jesus, I need you to rescue me. I'm in trouble. I'm weak. I'm tired. And sleep is not going to help. A vacation's not going to help. I need you to rescue me. The next morning, I woke up feeling the exact same way. <laughs> Middle of the night, couldn't sleep again. I decided to stay in bed because the night before I got chewed up by mosquitoes. So I stayed in bed, <laughs> looked up into the ceiling and said the same exact prayer. Jesus, I'm in trouble. I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how I got here. But I need you to rescue me. Next day, same thing. Next day, same thing. Next day, same thing. See, the most courageous prayer that you can pray is the prayer that you have prayed 1,000 times, but you continue to pray it again. See, all too often, if the Lord doesn't answer our prayer by the third time, then we decide he's not going to help us and we'll figure it out in our own strength. And the enemy is crashing cymbals and laughing. Margaret Thatcher once said, oftentimes you have to fight a battle more than once to win. You have to fight certain things more than once to win. I don't know when it happened. I, don't, I can't remember and I don't even know how. I just woke up and I had muscles on my teeth. I had lightning in my veins. And I was ready to push the waves back into the ocean. I have no idea how it happened. But that's how faithful God is. Come on, give him a round of applause. That's how faithful God is. You don't have to clap, but I just want you to raise your hand if you have a moment in your past that you can remember right now. It's not exactly like what I just said, but it was a moment where you were desperate and the Lord lifted you up. Would you just raise both hands over your head, both hands over your head, and wave them over your head, and I want you now to just kind of look around at all the testimonies of all the moments that the Lord did phenomenal miracles in your life. And like the song, like the song we just sang, if he did it then, he will do it now. I want to share 
a miracle that the Lord has done recently. Sometimes the Lord heals people physically like he did in the first service. It was crazy. If you're new here, our church is 17 years old. And three years ago, hard to explain, but people just started getting physically healed every single Sunday. If you're a guest here and you're like, I don't know, go to our YouTube channel and just go, just fast forward right to the end of all the sermons. And nine out of ten, you will see me talking just like I am right now, showing you a video of somebody who was recently healed. It's been happening for three years. But every once in a while, the Lord does something unique in a person's life and literally rips off the demons that have been tormenting a person. Demons that divide households. Demons that cause anger to never go away. Unforgiveness to never go away. And I want to say that not only are people healed physically here, but they're healed emotionally. Their families are healed. It's a powerful moment. And the reason why I always share a testimony, a video, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When you talk about what he has done, you're actually in the same breath talking about what he's going to do again. Take a look at this. I was outside one day and just laying in the grass, soaking up the sun. I live in Michigan, so we can lay in the grass. I really felt like I needed to be watching a sermon. So I went on your website and I found one and the one that it happened to be was um, locked in a room with no doors. And at the end of that sermon, Pastor Frankie called everyone to prayer and he told us to ask God what we wanted. And he told us to put our arms out and just ask. And so I did, even though I wasn't in the sanctuary. Immediately I felt my hands start tingling and I asked God to deliver me from the spirit of lust because I knew that I had been struggling with that for a long time. When I did, my body started shaking, my eyes started flashing even though they were closed. It was like black and white strobe lights. And then he told everyone to blow through their mouth. And so I did, and I could feel the spirit leave my body. And um, that was probably a couple months ago. And since then, I have had no issues with looking at people, I see people completely different, and I'm just so thankful, and I praise God. Why don't you stand up on your feet? The Holy Spirit's been moving in this place since the moment we walked in. I'd like our prayer partners to come down, if you would. The reason why we always bring the prayer partners down is more miracles, more healings, more new jobs, financial breakthroughs happen when the prayer partners pray with people, not when I pray for people. But in almost every service, I feel like the Lord wants me to pray for a particular, for a couple people. It's just, it's my assignment pray for those couple of people, usually not anybody else, just these couple of people. A, a word of knowledge is when 
the Lord speaks to you and he gives you a word, and in this case for me, it's an impression, a word, a thought. And if it's from the Lord and I say it, and the person raises their hand and says, that's me. The likelihood of that person being healed it's like almost 100%. But if the word that is, I feel like is being impressed upon me, the, the thought, if it's not from God, it's me talking to myself because that happens to me as often as it happens to you. Then nobody raises their hand and I have to be honest and say, I'm sorry. I thought it was the Lord, but it wasn't. In the first service, I had three words of knowledge. Two of them were right. And one of them was wrong. But the two people who, actually there was four people that came down for the two words of knowledge. Both of them, it was, it was an overwhelming experience watching them get healed. Now, if you, there was, jeez. Oh, Let me tell you what happened in the first service so it doesn't happen in the second. I can't remember what the word, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, esophageal issues, swallowing issues. So I'm like, anyone? I felt like, uh, what's that? Uh, Bueller's day off, Ferris Bueller's day. Yeah, yeah. Anyone? 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 No one raised their hands. And I was like, well, I guess I missed it. I come down to pray for the ones that I was accurate on. Two people come down and say, I was the one, I just want to come down. I had two thoughts cross my mind at the same time. The first one was to pray for them. The second one was like, because you know what ended up happening? Both of them, Pastor Dwayne was there. Both of them got rocked by the Holy Spirit and they were healed. But, Everybody in the room felt this moment of, ah, missed it. And that was an opportunity for faith to rise in the room. And we missed that opportunity. The one person was blessed, still received their healing. But everybody else missed the opportunity of saying, ah, Jesus is moving in a unique way. So if you raise your hand, if I'm right, only thing that's going to happen, you can come out of your seat, you're going to stand right there. I'm going to pray for you after I take my mic off, after the worship team comes and sings. I'm going to pray for you. And there's so many heads in the room, no one's even going to see you. So if I'm right on these things, then uh, just raise your hand. I never have a, a word of knowledge until I sit down and watch the video. 
And I'm usually looking at the person, and as I'm looking at them, certain things stand out. And I go, Lord, I think that's you. These were, I think I had four. Yeah, I had four. Someone's on the inside of their right cheek. I don't know what's going on. A whole uh, a blister, I don't know, inside your right cheek. Second one is the right ear. Something was damaged there recently, and I don't know what recently is. Inside a year. There was only three. In this one, I'm reaching for. I've been reaching for names lately, and, and sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. But man, when I'm right, that person usually gets healed before they get down here. Is there a Susan in the room who's having pain behind your eyes? And it could be causing headaches or it could be causing something else. But it seems to start behind your eyes or maybe it comes to your eyes. But your, your name is Susan. And if I'm off by a little bit, it's like it's not Susan, it's Suzanne or it, it's it's uh, there was. Uh, come here. What's your name? Your name's Susan. Tell me, do, do you have the pain behind your eyes? Okay, so her name is Susan. She's having pain up in here that's giving her migraines, and she gets nauseous. Now, in full transparency unless it had nothing to do with being pain behind your eyes. Correct or no? So I was right on the name and I was right. I like the word accurate better. Accurate on the name, accurate on everything except for the eyes. So there was one slight thing that I, I missed. I'll give you an example. I was talking to, I had a word of knowledge for somebody named Erica a couple weeks ago. And the, I can't remember what it was. Let's just make it up. Um, a broken arm. I can't remember what it was. The person in the lobby says, I didn't come down because I have a broken arm or a shoulder, but my name is Eric. Oh my God, I'm human. I said, Erica, your name is Eric, like I missed. If I miss it, if everything else is right, but one thing, I'm talking to you. I'm just human. I miss something. I'm talking to you. Your name is Susan. You have pain up in here. It's just not behind your eyes. The Lord's going to heal you. Do you feel any pain right now or no? It comes and goes, but it's not right now. Okay. And the reason why I'm repeating her is those of you in the back can't hear, and I want to be accountable to everybody. So it comes and goes, but it's not right now. I understand that. Um, 
you're going to be healed. Just when I'm right on the name and I'm right about everything else except for one detail, the Lord just called your name. Is there any, let me find out about the ear. Is, is there anyone here, some, some damage on the right ear within the last year? Is it, is it, come here. Right ear, it's the right ear, right? Okay, it's four years ago, but it's the left ear, right? Okay, I'm gonna have someone else pray for you. Um, here, come right over here. I want her to pray for you. Right ear. It's your left ear. It was it damaged within the last year? It's been a few years. All right, the Lord's going to heal you. I want him to pray for you. Right ear. on the inside of the cheek. All right. The Lord will heal her. Then it was accurate. Someone, your ear, something happened in the last year? Is it your right ear? Okay. Head on collision. Lots of ringing. But it was three years ago. I'm talking to you. I just missed a slight detail. If everything else is right, but a detail, do you understand? Um, all right, let me. All right, I'm going to have Serena pray for you. All right. If you have any other needs, any other needs in this room, actually, actually, I don't want Serena to pray for you. I want her to pray for you. Come on over here. Sharon. If you have any other needs, whatever it is, I want you to come out of your seat. Take the hand of a prayer partner. If you're not sure if you would spend eternity with Jesus, if your heart were to stop in the next five minutes, you're the most important person in this room. Come down, take the hand of a prayer partner and get that right. You can leave whenever you get ready, but if you don't mind, let's just sing this song one or two times through before you leave. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and bring you peace and bring your family peace. In Jesus' name, amen.